Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. It's time to crack them. And let's talk some White Sox baseball. This is Sox on Tap. This is Tony Marchese. I'm joined tonight by NWI Steve. He's changed his name to hashtag extend Nagy. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about why Matt Nagy needs to be extended. I know that's why Sox fans are here. Uh, but Steve, uh, for real though, man, we're going to talk some White Sox baseball tonight. It's Sunday fun day. I see that you have a, a delicious uh, Coors Light there. Anthony tall boys tonight. Tall boys. Yeah. It's, it's a, t- it's a tall boy kind of night. You know, I just thought, Hey, you know, I'm down here in, in central Indiana. I'm doing a little bit of uh reconnaissance work again, still trying to find some final closure to the Lance Lynn story. I think I got a hot new lead that I'm researching down here. So we're on, I'm on the case here. You know, that's the Spending a difference. lot of time down there. Listen, man, some stories you just got to get to the bottom of, and I'm just the guy to do it. And I figured, Hey, you know, what better thing to do here on a Sunday evening than get together, talk about some White Sox baseball, have a couple two tree pops, and uh, let's see where the night takes us. You know, there I'm you feeling yep. I'm feeling a little extra spicy tonight. That's good. I'm glad you are. Maybe we'll get some meatball takes in. We'll see what happens, but we don't really have a plan. We're just gonna air that one out right here. We just wanted to talk White Sox baseball because there's there's plenty of things to talk about right now as the, uh, the off season kind of winds down into what's going to be a really weird and slow December, we've kind of had Steve, uh, an off season so far, unlike any other, but just like most other off seasons, Steve, the White Sox have been somewhat silent. Are you shocked? Um, would you like to see my shocked face? Um, I think the bigger question that I have for you, Anthony is, are you mad online? I'm not mad online right now. I'm I'm okay. actually not mad online at all. Um, it's 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 really interesting. Uh, I, I'm not like infatuated with any free agent this this off season. Like I'm just I know there's you know names like Max Scherzer out there, but like these things at this point in time in my White Sox fandom, Steve, I just I don't see the White Sox going out and spending that kind of money. I, th- I think we talked about how Dallas Keuchel was the you know. He, he did the perfect job of convincing Jerry Reinsdorf to not let Rick Hahn spend big money on pitching. I think that some of these things uh, that uh, we got Jordan Miller Miller's in here now. Uh, what we'll, up Jordan? We'll get, we'll get to uh, Jordan's comment in just a second. If you're uh, watching this on Twitter, head over to YouTube so you can comment on the show because Twitter doesn't let you do that anymore. Uh, so head on over to YouTube. Uh Steve, I'm just, I'm not shocked. And, you know, there's names like Marcus Simeon out there. Obviously he signs uh, with the Texas Rangers, I believe. And that was a target. I, I think that you're going to see an acquisition or or a move made via trade. That's my, 
it's my assumption of what's going to happen, but I'm not, I'm not mad online right now because I think that there's still enough off season to work with. You've already made a pretty damn good signing to the back end of your bullpen. We'll get to that one too, but I'm just, I'm not really shocked. I'm not mad right now. I just miss the white Sox. So I actually had a DM conversation with a very prominent member of White Sox Twitter earlier this evening here. And I can definitively tell you, he is definitely hashtag Matt online. Um, and I know when uh, I got down here to the 317 area code uh, a couple, two, three hours ago, I was kind of getting caught up on some of the action that's happening here, scrolling through and true to form White Sox Twitter did not disappoint. It was definitely a uh, flaming Elmo uh gif kind of, kind of moment there because hey we're we're back baby <laughs> did we ever leave i mean that's that's the question what did anybody ever leave you know i th- i think i think a, a portion of socks twitter did leave for a little bit um that's fair you know in in the midst of some of this you know nonsense trying to crucify a good wholesome family man and matt nagy hashtag extend nagy um but um, I, I think maybe some of them did leave for a little bit, but it's nice to see them come back, pitchforks and everything. And it's almost like, you know, they did never that almost like they did never leave. So it's it's good. I to didn't see think that they again. would. I didn't I didn't think they would. It's although where is Buzz? Where is Buzz? You know, I think he left. He left the building and we haven't seen him since. I'm getting a little I might get mad online about that. I, I get mad say, online. That, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm we haven't worried. had a show where you haven't had to hold us virtually back from murdering each other on the on air i'm definitely worried about burt drink you know i'm I, worried about him too i i ran into him. i had a i had a short little powwow with him a couple weeks ago um got to got to take in his his scent and his musk and it helped to reinvigorate my soul a little bit and now i just feel like i'm lacking a little bit in, in yeah, this regards we, and we need more buzz we do we do we need we need a little bit more buzz here um you know, Steve, let's let's keep rolling with some socks topics. Uh, you you said you were talking to somebody who was was very mad online. Obviously, there's a lot of people mad. Is there is there concern right now from you personally? Are you mad? How much, you know, how much is the mad online meter for NWI Steve right now? Where is it at? I'd say right now, right now it's about a two point seven on on the scale here, just because I know who owns my favorite baseball team. I know he was never spending $175 million for Marcus Simeon. What up, Zach? Um, so, you know, I knew that that was never going to happen. So it was something that I definitely wasn't hashtag mad online about. The Starling Marte thing, you know, I wrote the piece, um, I want to say a week or so ago, kind of dissecting the the comparison between Starling Marte and Michael Conforto because those are really two of the hot button names across White Sox Twitter on how to address the right field vacancy. And as I mentioned in the piece, I would have been totally fine with bringing in Starling Marte to fill that position because he brings, I think, a unique element and a unique skill set to the team that they don't necessarily have. So mm-hmm. seeing him leave to go to the Mets, that that does sting a little bit. But, you know, Conforto is still out there. Again, a guy just a little bit of a different skill set that would bring some utility to the – squad and help balance out the lineup here. So if they are able to get him, it'll be fine. And then it's just a matter of seeing what other complimentary moves are, are to be made. 
Yeah. Uh, before we go any further, I wanted to uh, give a little shout out to Zach as well. Uh, the extend Nagy hall of fame trolling by Steve, Steve, you've, you've made quite the name for yourself with some of your various troll jobs on the, on twitter.com. So I, I I'm just, I'm very proud of the work that you've put in so far uh, for on tap sports, not all the bears coverage that you provide. Um, I've, I've talked about this a long time. If you're going to troll troll hard, there you go. Uh, go big or go home. Right. But, you know, talk about Conforto, and I think we hashed this out a little bit last time we were on, Steve. Um, I would have preferred Marte over Conforto. Uh, That's just my personal opinion, and that was an excellent article. Uh, If you didn't get a chance to read it yet, head on over to ontapsportsnet.com, go to our White Sox section, uh, and and Steve's fine piece of work is right there for you to read. Um, Just I don't see them signing either of those guys. I, I don't know why. I just I maybe it's maybe it's a little bit of negative Nani right now that's that's pulling at my heartstrings. I don't see them coming away with with Conforto. I don't. I don't see them coming away with Conforto. And I I, I would get I would guess, Steve, I would guess that if Michael Conforto signs with the White Sox, he will be one of the guys that within two, three years, everybody dislikes for one reason or another, because we can't even like Yasmani Grandal. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that Anthony, because our fan base really is adept at disliking good baseball players. Uh, just look at the discourse that has taken place in the last 24 hours uh, regarding Yasmani Grandal. And then we can look at um, Yoan Mancada, you know, and I mean, there's a certain, um, certain persona on White Sox Twitter, who is very prevalent in his, dislike of both of uh, these baseball players. And, you know, it's been well documented. Did, this part did we get be. like a complaint that we can't say his name on here? I mean, listen, Kenneth knows he's an idiot. Oh, geez. You guys, I, I need to get him on this show. I said I was going to, and you know, maybe that's how we'll fill the lockout time. I'll just give the mic to you guys and let you hash it out. Um, where are you on this whole thing? Um, with regards to Yasmani Grandal, I want to dig in on it. Okay. So Yaz is a good, but flawed player. I I think that kind of goes without saying here. Um, the idea of him being a full-time permanent DH is just not plausible given the roster construction with this. For fuck's sake, I want Eloy Jimenez to be the full-time DH and that's not possible. Right. So this idea that some people within White Sox Twitter have about just shifting him to DH permanently and then going out and signing another catcher, um, it's it's just not something that is based in reality. And we can talk all we want about some of Yaz's defensive deficiencies. And look, they do happen and they can be frustrating as hell at times. There's no question about that. I'm mm-hmm. I don't think I would categorize myself as a as a Yaz apologist by any means. I think I'm pretty fair and pretty measured with how I look at him. Um, he certainly does have his issues when it comes to pass balls, and it seems like they kind of come in bunches at times. And then the other thing that people like to talk about and harp on is throwing out of base runners. And that's a very misleading thing because the Sox don't necessarily have a pitching staff that is very adept 
at holding runners close. And, and so that's something that has to be factored into it. So it's not all just about pop times from catchers there. If you have guys like Lucas Giolito, like Dylan Cease, that are not good at holding guys close, um, not allowing them to get that extra step before a catcher is able to get rid of the ball, your, your caught stealing percentage just simply isn't going to be great. And we kind of saw this with a little bit of the discourse yesterday. If people want to look at and, and talk about Yaz being a defensive liability back there, go back and look at the, what was it, six weeks or, or however long it was that he was out when Sebi Zavala and Zach Collins were doing the catching. Do we really want to sit there and say that Yaz is a quote-unquote terrible defensive catcher but we lived through that experience you know i don't i don't want to go back to zach the zach collins experience ever that's just me personally i don't i don't want to go back to the zach collins experience and and there's many reasons for that steve um i'm okay with sebi zavala if he's coming up out of triple a to fill a gap which is i think he did an okay job it wasn't great by no means was the catcher spot in the lineup doing any of the damage really outside of Zavala's stint that he had right there where he had the three home run game. And then in the field of dreams game where we were at. So he, sh- he showed a few flashes, I would say. Um, I-, I don't think that I'm trusting him as my number one backup at this very moment, but that's not to say that he can't improve. I know that's going to be difficult. He's later on in his career than most quote unquote prospects are, but I, I do not think that there's a better catcher on this roster than Yasmani Grandal right now. That's, that's fucking obvious. If you can't see that, I don't know what you're watching. He's the best one. Now, does that mean that he's an all-star or a gold glove caliber catcher? Fuck no. That has no bearing on this. He's just the best one we have. He's also an offensive weapon that you want in your lineup. So, uh, I think a lot of people start to think that when you when you hone in on Yasmani Grandal's defense, you're honing in on Yasmani Grandal as the complete player. He can still be an effective offensive catcher, but you know, just like with everything, Steve, if you're going to have somebody who's ultra talented offensively, you're going to have to give up some in other areas unless you have an elite elite baseball player. The White Sox do not have at this very moment, in my mind, an elite baseball player. They've got a bunch of really, really good baseball players that have deficiencies in certain areas. But, you know, here's the next part to this. Jerry's not paying for any elite baseball players either. And we're forgetting that when we go and we look at this. Because if Yasmani Grandal was going to be one of the best defensive catchers and an offensive weapon, he would not be on the White Sox making what he's making right now. That's what I go back to. Very fair point. That's one thing that when talking about any kind of acquisitions, whether it's from a trade standpoint or particularly from a free agency standpoint, as people like to throw out names, the thing that I will always come back to until this problem is rectified is who is the guy ultimately signing the checks? That's that's the thing that has to always be taken into account. But that's the not pro- that's not Yasmani Grandal's fault. That's not it's, 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 it's not it's, nobody it's who's not. on the roster's fault. It's not. But but what it you can be what, better, right? But what you were getting to earlier about the idea of if Yasmani Grandal was more of a quote unquote complete 
player, then he wouldn't be on the White Sox. And then we all know where that problem stems from. Well, correct. But there, there's also a sense, of, and this isn't me sitting here saying that the White Sox can't go win a World Series with this core either, because I believe that they can. There's there's a lot of really talented baseball players that are on this team. There's a, a, a decent enough job done in roster construction. Now, there's some log jams in certain places. But I think when 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 people start attacking Yasmani Grandal and saying, oh, he's not great defensively, you see a whole like army of people rise up and say, you cannot slander Yasmani Grandal because he's, you know, he's the best and you're, you're, uh, you know, he's undervalued and all this. Other. It's like, we can talk and have, like, I just want to have a healthy talk with somebody about a player's deficiencies and sit there and say this. Yeah. It would be better if he was better at this and people just accept that and say, okay, so how do we fix it? Instead of just bitching and moaning back and forth saying, you're not a fan, this, that back and forth all the time. You see this shit all, all over the place. And it just, it gets old real quick. You just described the White Sox Twitter in a nutshell, my friend. Yeah. It's, it's a problem. It is. A, it is a problem. It's I, not great, Bob. Not great. Not great at all. But you know, who am I to, who am I to cast my rules on anybody? I'm just saying how I feel. Um, you know, we, we've done this with Yohan Moncada. We've done it with Yasmani Grandal. We tried to do it with Carson Fulmer, with Jordan Lazowski. Somebody wound up right. Somebody wound up wrong. Um, you know, that's that's just the tale of the tape. I'm sure you have yeah, your yeah, battles you, out there. You're choosing violence right now, man. I am. I'm, choos- I'm always choosing violence, Steve. That's why the people listen to the show, right, is, is for meatball takes – waking up and choosing violence and uh, Steve's headbands. Man, and I thought I was the one that was going to be extra spicy today. Here you are trying to murder somebody live. Oh, Jordan knows that uh, he's, he could just come back and, and, and ask me about Sebi Zavala or Lucas Giolito. And, you know, the, the score is somewhere in his favor right now. So I've got to take my shots when I can get them. Oh, wow. I mean, there, there's a lot to kind of unwrap there. Um but, you know, it, it is really interesting, the fact that I think just such a large portion of this fan base is really incapable of kind of breaking down and looking at things from a logical standpoint. And everything has to be on extremes. There can't be any middle ground with anything. With Yasmani Grandal or with Yohan Mankata, we, you know, it has to be either they're a superstar or they're a complete bust. And it is pretty ridiculous if, if you really stop and think about it. And like you were talking about, there really are very few guys in the game of baseball today that are what you would consider true five-tool players. And the White Sox don't have any of those guys right now. They've got a guy that I think very well could be one of those guys, but he hasn't shown it yet. He also needs to keep his ass on the field in order to be able to show that. So that's going to be a, certainly a big thing there. But I'm going to say it, you're talking about Luis Robert. I am certainly talking about Luis. Oh boy, it just just keeps going right there. Uh, you know, you've really out our world buzz. You know this this season. You know, if we have to go back and do an award show for who who had the like the longest best R rolls, I think you I think you might have him this year. And last year was definitely him, but. Uh, you've I worked. Put, you've put your work in this year. I did. I put in a lot of work in the off season. I trained hard, um, and I just I was committed to 
making a more concerted effort to roll that R with more efficiency and more dominance. And I feel very good about what I was able to accomplish this year. Thank you. I'm, I'm that, you know, most improved, definitely most improved. Uh, Zach says you scared my cat. Um, that's fantastic. I love that. I I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that a cat was scared uh, by NWI Steve rolling the R for Luis Robert there. That was, that's fantastic. Uh, sorry about the cat, Zach. We'll, uh, we'll send a check. Um, you know, I don't even know where we were at this point. I have no idea. You just rolled the R uh, five to a players. Yes. Luis Robert. I think that Luis Robert absolutely could be that guy. It's, it's, it's awesome that we have him locked up on a little bit of a contract here. Um, I want to go back and this might be a little uh, hot take Steve for as, for as, as hard as it is to get those elite level talents in the door here. And this is why maybe I'm not mad online right now. Um, I'm kind of impressed with the job that Rickon has done to this juncture throughout the rebuild. And now I am, I'm, I'm pissed off. We didn't make it as far as we could have uh, this year in the playoffs but I'm kind of impressed that we've amassed this much talent without going over that threshold. There's something to be said there for Rickon that I think is just a little bit impressive. And maybe that's why I'm not mad online right now yet, because I want to see how the rest of the offseason shakes out. Um, but I just, I have a little bit more faith than I did maybe two, three years ago. The one thing that I feel you can definitively say is Rick Hahn's strength is his ability to get young major league quality talent signed to team friendly extensions. That's the one thing that he has done very well throughout the entirety of his time as general manager of the White Sox. Um, You know, he's had some major issues in terms of financial allocations, especially in the free agent market. Um, you know, there have been some trade trades have been kind of a, a mixed bag a little bit. He's won some, he's lost some at the same time, but definitively the early extensions that he has given to the young players at the major league level by and large have worked out very well for the white Sox here to this point, since he became the general manager of this team. So that is definitely something that's I mean, a very astute point on your part right there, Anthony. Let, let's, let's look at what the Tampa Bay Rays just went and gave uh Wanda Franco there. Like, that wasn't a team friendly deal. That was there, not. That's not very team friendly. There's a lot of risk involved with that. I mean, anytime you're given a guy that has a half a season of major league playing time, uh, what what is it? Potential up to two hundred twenty five million dollars, right there. Mm-hmm. Particularly for a very small market team that does like to operate within significant financial restraints, um, that is something that could potentially down the road be a problem for them. However, the, you know, there's a risk reward associated with it. If Wander Franco, if they believe in their scouting and their development program as much as they seem to, and they have a pretty good track record here in recent memory, if they believe in it strong enough right there, they actually may be coming out ahead down, down the road here. So it's, it's going to be hard to say that because ultimately a lot of things can happen. You know, the guy's only 20 years old. Something could the White Sox fan in me says that his sophomore slump will hit him just like Gordon Beckham. Oh man, that's that's harsh. Why'd you have to go there to Gordon? Gordon loves us. I know, man, but that's still that Gordon that loves just... us. He re, he retweeted the uh the wake and rake 
edit that we had from Socks on Tap this year, and that was one of the most fantastic little pieces of work we had. It's a little uh, humble brag, a little bit there, Steve, but uh, you know, Johnny oh, yeah. and I were quick on the uh, the wake and rake reference for Gordon Beckham. So he's just the first person that comes to mind when I think of you know guys with a ton of promise that just never fair never made oh. it and wound up in Detroit. Oh God. And no one ever wants to end up in Detroit. I mean, that's just, that's seventh circle of hell type stuff right there. I mean, Ooh, Wolf. <laughs> I mean, you could wind up in Cleveland. Um, <sighs> just places you don't want to be. Uh, let's yeah. get to a white Sox signing, Steve, because Rick Hahn did make a, a decent signing. I've seen some people, you know, question this one, uh, but the, uh, We've got a new relief pitcher at the back end of this bullpen, Steve, and uh, we saw him very recently because uh, he was with the Houston Astros uh, towards the end of this season, and uh, he wants to play for the White Sox now. Why don't you talk about the recent addition? Yeah, the the signing of Kendall Graveman earlier on in the week was definitely one that I can't say I had on my radar and was thinking about. I was more so focused on thinking that they were going to allocate the money towards Ryan Tapera. Kind of hearing some things that they're still in discussions with Tapera on trying to bring him back. And obviously a lot of that will be predicated on their ability to potentially move Craig Kimbrell and his $15 million off of the payroll here. So there's a lot of different moving parts there. But Graveman's an interesting guy. Um, he was a top prospect at one point, kind of bounced around a little bit between between Oakland, Toronto, Seattle, Houston, came up originally as a starter, and then now after having Tommy Johnson, he's found his way in the bullpen and has had more success in a relief role than he did previously as a starter, uh, particularly here in the 2021 season, saw a real nice uptick in his strikeout percentage, kind of changed his pitch mix a little bit, being much more sinker-slider focused versus – um, you know, sinker, four-seam fastball, so really kind of almost dishing the four-seam fastball entirely. And that's kind of antithetical to what we're seeing with a lot of pitchers here today, um, kind of due to the launch angle revolution and trying to use elevated fastballs up in the zone to kind of try to neutralize that uppercut swing there. But he's really attacking that, and he saw, this, like I said, a nice jump in his overall strikeout percentage this year. was very strong in both his roles with Seattle and with the Houston Astros here. So there is obviously an element of risk anytime you bring in a relief pitcher on a three-year deal. We've seen enough of those through our time as as Sox fans. I, I go back and I think about uh, Scott Line Stink. I mean Line Brink. Um, oh boy. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a painful name right there. Octavio Dotel. Octavio Dotel. Wow, we are breaking out. Oh, do tell, here. baby. Oh, do tell. Um, you know, anytime you do have to go into the into the open market for relievers. There's, there's an element of risk involved with that, and that's why I always prefer to avoid that and try to grow your own relievers versus having to pay for them on the open market. So there is certainly risk involved with Kendall Graveman, but the thing I keep coming back to is Ethan Katz being a very data-savvy guy, it kind of leads me to think that they see something in Kendall Graveman, whether it was a change in the pitch mix or something else, maybe that they further think that they can tweak to make him even more effective than he was this past season. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of that plays out and then where he kind of fits in the rest of the bullpen as they rearrange the chairs a little bit, like I said, with the potential for moving Craig Kimball and some of the other guys. 
Yeah, it'll be it'll be definitely interesting to see. I mean, we've we've heard about Kimbrel potentially being on the move. I don't think that that's a surprise to anybody who's listening to the show. If it is, uh, check the news. Uh, he's he's got to be the number one trade target um, on the White Sox right now. Most available player. Um, it'll be interesting to see what shakes out there. But again, I think that you know there's there's a strong enough possibility that he gets moved before opening day. Uh, that uh, I, I'm not really writing him into the plans uh, next year, Steve. Right now, if 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 I'm, you know, playing armchair manager, um, which I shouldn't be anymore, uh, because you know we should we should trust our guy Tony. Uh, but you know, if I'm playing armchair manager, I, I don't have Craig Kimbrell written in my lineup card right now because I think he's I think he's going to be on the move. And I think that's pretty accurate. I would be shocked if when this team reports to Glendale in mid-February, assuming that the collective bargaining agreement does get sorted out here and spring training does start on time, I will be stunned if Kimball is still wearing a White Sox uniform and not one of the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how how that move goes down, and, and, and hopefully it goes down soon so we can do another one of these shows. Um, but – you know, enough on that one. I, I just I want to get to something that I just saw on Twitter. There, there, actually, two things. Two things I just saw on Twitter. Uh, our guy Buzz just said, if the Sox lose Lurie to the Tigers, I will be extremely pissed off. Is there news out there about Lurie Garcia going to the Tigers since we started this? Because he, he tweeted this right around when we started this show. I don't know. I, I might have to, like, is, issue, like, a search party for Johnny. Um, if that I, he's I at the United seen, Center right now, and I'm a little worried about his his health. Yeah, I had not seen anything to that effect. Um, I saw that the Tigers were being heavily linked to another former Chicago middle infielder whose name I refuse to say on this broadcast. Um, but I'm, I'm scouring Twitter right now. Uh, Jordan Miller says that there was a not C-Shack tweet on that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean – Grain of salt. Uh, yeah, but still, you know, I, I'm just worried about Johnny's health. I know well, he doesn't. He doesn't believe in anything unless a blue check mark tweets it out. But you know, that's that. That would not be great. But uh, there, there, I feel. Was, I feel like Bert Drink also would be very upset about that. And I don't know if we can handle Bert, an angry Bert Drink. Bert Drink would be very, very upset on that one. Um, there was another one. It's the Mets being linked to Max Scherzer. And I believe it's sad. I can't find the tweet anymore because I, I lost it in this stream of, of tweets here. But uh, the, the Mets offering Max Scherzer over $40 million a year. And people think that the White Sox are going to be serious players for Max Scherzer. Do people know who owns this baseball team? I mean, we just we just talked about it. Um, we we just talked about it. I've got to go. I've got to go search this out um, because. Yeah, man. I mean, look, look. This is you know what we saw from the Mets this week here, going out getting Mark Canna, getting Eduardo Escobar. That was another signing that made uh, a portion of White Sox Twitter hashtag Mad Online, and then you add in Starling Marte, the, and if they are really aggressive in trying to pursue Max Scherzer the way that they are talking publicly. This is what a lot of people were speculating was going to happen when the richest owner in the sport took over his boyhood 
team that he grew up loving and supporting. And the fact of the matter is Steve Cohen has more money than the next five owner, next five richest owners combined. So he literally can do whatever he wants. He can write any check he wants. The luxury tax really means absolutely nothing to him. So if he wants to go and give Max Scherzer $40 million a year, he can do it. And that's just being a major market owner right there. God, yeah, I, I, saw I, it can't from, even, uh, I can't even imagine what that has to be like. I saw it from uh, SNY TV. It was, it was at 7.48 p.m., so just a few minutes ago. Uh, that's where I got that from. Finally tracked that one down. Um, that's, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a good gig if you can get it. It's a good gig. Hey, sign me up. Sign me up for that. Over $40 million a year to go throw baseballs. Yeah. Sign me up for that. Uh, you're not getting that on the south side of Chicago. I just I don't see that. Uh, that but, you know, they, they did offer Manny Machado uh, a contract at one point. So uh, I feel like I've taken too many shots today. I feel like you I've can, taken too many shots. Anthony, I told you I was going to come in a little spicy today. And the fact of the matter is you can never, and I mean never, Take too many shots. I feel like I've taken too many shots right. just for my own, just for my own liking. I feel like I've taken too many shots. Embrace it. Embrace it. You're corrupting my mind. Um, that's what's happening here. That's absolutely what's happening. The South Side Clown Show uh, might be returning. Um, man, forty million. It, 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 we were just talking about this guy as a target, weren't we? I mean, other people were. I know I sure as hell wasn't. Because again, I remember who owns my favorite baseball team, so I just immediately dismissed it. Yeah, there's two things here. No, there's there's forty million um, for Max Scherzer, and there's getting mad at the White Sox for not wanting to do that. And then there's also like, is that smart to give Max Scherzer forty million dollars? Because it and and for the Mets too, because you know it's just going to blow up in their face. Um. I think if there was one pitcher that I would be willing to try that on, I think it would be Max Scherzer. And I know he's 37 years old, and obviously there's risk anytime you're talking about a guy in his late 30s. But Max Scherzer is a little bit of a unicorn. Um, he, yeah, he did have some little injury bugs kind of pop up here during the 2021 season between his time with the Nationals and with the Dodgers. But the fact of the matter is, this guy is an old school horse. This is a guy that you give the ball to, and you know he wants it, and he wants to take it, and he wants to just shove it up your ass. And I, you know, I send that that famous GIF in our little uh, group text all the time of him just, you know, looking, staring down the hitter and saying, "You're fucking mine, you bitch, motherfucker." That's what I want. That's the type of guy that, yeah, I would give $40 million to because he's got that mindset. And I, that's something I talk about a lot, particularly from starting pitchers. And I just, I love that dude. He's an absolute psychopath out there. Yeah. Him and Lance Lynn in the same rotation would be kind of fun. I could, I could get behind that. I, I think, you know, Lance Lynn, Max Scherzer, you're, you know, one, two. Oh, that would be just nasty. It's not going to happen, but I'll dream about it for a little bit. You know, it's good to have dreams, Anthony. You're still a young man. I just took uh, that sip of beer and I dreamed about, you know, a Friday night tailgate with Max Scherzer on the mound and how early we'd pack up to get in there just to see him. And then, you know, getting back to the ballpark for Saturday night and then uh, 
you know, Lance Lynn. Just uh, man, that just that would be so cool. It would be so cool. It won't happen, but it, it would be so cool. He's gonna go to the Mets, and then something's gonna something bad's gonna happen to him. It'll it's just that's the way baseball works. See, I'm still not sold that he isn't gonna go back to the Dodgers ultimately. Um, if I'm being completely honest, and you know, there's a little bit of smoke out there about him maybe going to the Angels, but I just I don't see it. Uh, from my perspective, I just think that that's got it, it, it's. Didn't, of, didn't Noah just go to the Angels too? He did. Yes. Um, so see, and know. that's why I think that have fun uh, with that. I think the Mets are gonna are gonna try and rebuild that pitching staff. That's why I, I I just think they're gonna have the top offer on the table for his services. They they very well could. You know, I what it ultimately could come down to though is it's been kind of speculated that his preference was to stay on the West coast. And the fact of the matter is this is a guy that is a multiple time Cy Young award winner. He's going to the hall of fame. No question about it. He's won a world series before. So he really can dictate where he ultimately wants to be. And if you have a choice between being in Southern California in a very pitcher friendly ballpark, and then facing a lot of those offenses, in the NL West and some of those pitcher-friendly parks make your numbers look even better versus being in Queens. You know, even if the money, unless the money is significantly more, I will be personally surprised if he doesn't end up back in a Dodgers uniform. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, You know, Steve, I'm trying to think of, you know, just one White Sox signing that's left on the table outside of Conforto that would make a whole ton of sense for this team. And I've got a few names, but where else are you here? If there's, if there's somebody else besides Conforto, cause I don't know, I don't know what else they're going to do. You, you got, you've got some backup catcher stuff. But there's not a whole lot out there um, unless you're going via trade. I think it's more likely that we see movement with this team through the trade market. Yeah. Just And again, a lot of it comes back to what we have talked about with some of the roster configuration issues that they have with the corner players. So I, w- I just feel like some of the chairs have to be reshuffled a little bit here between Andrew Vaughn, Eloy, your baby boy. I think not trading somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in there, I just think there's there's got to be an odd man out in that equation because you have too many guys of the same profile. So it just – it feels to me like one of those guys is going to get moved. Who it is, I don't know. I'm not I, – I can't figure that out. I can't get into Rick Hahn's head like that. Does he want to? Does he get trigger shy? Those are all things that we'll have to – We'll have to see that all this unfold, but as of right now, I think we've we've kind of established a few things. People are a little tense on Twitter.com. This the Sox have not made outside of Graveman a significant move yet this offseason. You've got a lockout coming in just a few days, potentially. But I haven't heard anything that's like earth shattering news about two sides reaching a deal to uh, continue this off season, so to speak. So you're going to, you're going to see, you're going to see the, the strike or the, the, the lockout or whatever, whatever you want to call it all the same. Hopefully don't, we don't lose ball games, but I mean, honest opinion, do you see something big happening before 
December 1st. I I feel like the Kimbrel deal will get consummated before the shutdown happens. Um, a Conforto signing or, you know, any other minor deal, I, I'm just not sure I see it right now. I, there's obviously a game of chess involved here with some of these guys in the sense of, okay, do they make the signing before the terms of the new CBA come out? It, I think, was a little bit surprising to see Marcus Simeon, who's a Scott Boris guy, sign before the terms of the new CBA. But you know, at the same time, if you get offered $175 million, I mean, it's kind of hard to pass that up right there. And I'm not sure another team out there was going to go to seven years with Simeon the way that the Texas Rangers did. So, you know, you get offered that that deal. I think you, you kind of have to take it. Um, and I think Boris probably recognizes that. You know, he probably pushed the envelope pretty hard to get that seventh year. And when the Texas Rangers said, yeah, we'll do it, he jumped at it. So I would love to think that the Sox find a way to address the right field situation. I'm just not 100% sold that it's going to happen. But I do feel like the Kimbrel situation will reach resolution here before the shutdown happens uh, Wednesday morning. So Jordan Miller kind of stole my guy um, that I see the White Sox signing this offseason. This is uh, it's not something that I'm proud to say but something that I think is actually realistically going to happen for some odd reason, Kyle Schwarber's coming to the South side. Um, you know, it, it'd be, it'd be fine. It would add. It's going to add to the same problem that we have. It, it, it would it's certainly. Add to the same problem. It's going to take away some of bats from, from Gavin sheets, but you know what, you know what the benefit of this deal is, Steve. Left-handed power and home runs. And Southside Ron at the Sox Park more often sporting a Kyle Schwarber Sox jersey. That's if, why this is happening. If you tell if you t- if you tell me Southside Ron is going to be in attendance a little more frequently, I may be more apt to get on board with this kind of decision making and this type of move. I mean, because I feel like there's this. I feel like there's some ways that we can get Southside Ron fully acclimated, and first is is starting to bring in guys that will make Southside Ron happy. First guy there, Kyle Schwerber. Um, and you know what? I think he would be a valuable uh, guy for a guy like Gavin Sheets, my my favorite player of all time, uh, to, boy. To, to learn from a little bit. You know, he's been there. Kyle Schwerber's won a World Series. Um, and you, you can't have – I mean, the Cubs fans, man, they told me he was like the second coming of Babe Ruth. Who wouldn't want that on their team? Steve, come on. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, look, I know as being a an amateur baseball historian, I mean, Babe Ruth certainly got sent down to the minors, you know, after, um, you know, his first full major league season. So, yeah, great comparisons there all around from everybody. Um, but fact of the matter is Schwarber would provide some utility to this team. But, again, some similar issues to what we've seen with, a roster construction standpoint. So it would be, it would be challenging, but you know, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if that happened, if I'm being completely honest. I, I think that that's the move. I, I don't know why, but I feel like, you know, if there was a Sox fest, Kyle Schwarber would be back in Chicago, you know, signing 
autographs and all that stuff if this was a normal offseason. Um, it, it just kind of makes sense to me, I think, a little bit more than Conforto. You've got um, you've got the Chicago tie there. Uh, it's a comfortable place for him. I think he enjoyed his time uh, in the city. Um, he fits the profile. I, this isn't me looking at stats or anything. I just think that Kyle Schwerber's more of your prototypical White Sox player than Michael Conforto is. That's just as a Sox fan, I think that Kyle Schwarber's just he, he kind of fits that mold. Like he's a guy who's going to strike out a ton of times, and you're going to hate him. Just the, the same thing with Conforto. I don't know. I just think that Schwarber kind of fits the profile a little bit more to the eye test. That's just me. That's it, you know, I'm, I've had a few, couple two tree drinks, and I think that Kyle Schwarber, Southside Ron, uh, me, you, Johnny, Buzz, we'll all be sitting there and we'll watch some Kyle Schwarber fireworks next next year. That's that's. that's uh, they would be more enjoyable, at least for me, high-fiving Southside Ron after a Kyle Schwerber bomb than a Michael Conforto bomb. Man, you're you're making a you're making a compelling argument because anytime you you bring fireworks and high-fiving Southside Ron, that kind of gets the juices flowing a little bit right there. Um, as I'm thinking about it, you know, I'm just not necessarily sold that. Schwarber is going to leave Boston because they do have a vacancy and they really do have, I think, a void in their lineup that he fits particularly for them, um, especially if he transitions to first base with a little bit more frequency. So that'll be definitely something worth watching as, as time unfolds. And, but, you know, to look to your point though, and, and something that I feel like we talk about pretty regularly, the White Sox like to operate under the radar. Schwarber is not a name that has been linked to them at all through this point in the off season here. So that's usually when they do We're their linking best work. Well, yeah. unfortunately, I'm sorry I mean, for blowing anything, Rick. I, I mean, if that happens, look, we'll have to get, uh, we'll have to make sure that we get all the credit from, uh, you know, Boob Nightingale. Hey, you know, Bruce Levine has an, uh, has a hall of fame boat now. Um, I gotta, I gotta get to work and get my on tap guys Hall of Fame votes. That's like one of the next things on my to do list. I've actually got it written down. Um, Hall of Fame votes for you, Steve. Uh, let's talk about your Hall of Fame ballot. Listen, if if I'm if I've got a Hall of Fame ballot, if I'm casting one vote, I've got to I've got to cast it for my guy, my spirit animal, Mark Burley. You know, as I've talked about um, at length, being a former soft tossing left handed starter mark burley he spoke to me in a way that few people can and uh that was always my guy i always went out of my way to go to every single one of his starts um regardless of when whenever it was the greatest thing about it was you knew that you go to that game 7 10 start you're gonna be out of there by 9 30 and i'd be home by 10 o'clock in bed ready to go to work the next day and everything and uh i kind of missed that a little bit as as we're seeing some of the trends with games extending longer and um, love it, you know, it's, love it. Well, 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 look, it, it, it's great for someone like you that operates on a on a unique um, sleep schedule. We'll we'll use that word there. Um, you know, it's, I've I've talked about a little bit. One of my favorite things is when I'm usually up at five o'clock in the morning. Um, it's you know play a little game of okay, what time did uh, Tony send me uh, his his crazy text? You know. Was it at two o'clock? Was it at three o'clock? What time was it? 
Hey, you know, I like to leave presents for everybody when they wake up. That's just something that I do just to let everybody know I'm still alive um, at that moment. You don't know when you wake up if I'm still going to be here or not. But I like to let everybody know that uh, I'm still there. I'm, I'm thinking about them while they're, while, they're, while they're, you know, off in their slumber. And when they wake up, they get a nice little message from me so that it's, you know, it's the morning for them. And uh, then I will text you, what, at like 12, 1? Sometime around there. But uh, we've got breaking news, Steve. Breaking news. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Source from John Morrissey. Kevin Gaussman and the Blue Jays are gaining momentum towards a deal. Take another one off the board. How mad is White Sox going to be after that one? We didn't even talk Gaussman. Yeah, they're, they're going to be pissed. I don't know if you saw yesterday. I, I made a tweet that um, said that anytime any free, free agent signs, regardless of who it is, Whoever the acquiring GM is gets to lay parental guardianship claim to Rick Hahn. We saw for a long time that AJ Preller was Rick Hahn's daddy, um, even though AJ Preller actually has a worse winning percentage as general manager than Rick Hahn. But you know, we don't want to we don't want to spoil a good Jordan name. Miller. It's done. Five years, one hundred ten mil. I'm gonna I'm gonna hire Jordan as like my producer back here. He could take care of all this stuff. He's just finding everything, laying it out there for us. Five years. 110 mil, Steve. He broke the Jerry record out there. Now we know why the Sox were not in on this one. Yeah, but then the question is, what what does that come to with the conversion rate, though? I don't know what that comes to with the conversion rate. I'm assuming that it's being reported in U.S. dollars. Mm. Uh, I don't don't know how that all works. I'll be honest. I'm not an accountant. Southside Ron is. We'll get the the conversion. Don't you have an accountant in the family? I do. She's upstairs. Um, so we won't, we won't bother her um, with Canadian conversions because she doesn't like that stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I just think there it is right there. Five years, 110 mil. Maybe I'm just a White Sox fan who's been conditioned to think this way. I'm not going there for Kaufman either. I feel like that's a little outrageous. That is for a guy that has really been very up and down throughout the course of his career. And I would say even a little bit more down than up. Obviously, the last year and a half or so in San Francisco went pretty well. Part of that time was spent working with Ethan Katz. And so that's why there were some little rumblings kind of, you know, that maybe the White Sox were circling a little bit, that they had some interest in Gausman because of that connection to Ethan Katz. But we all know Jerry Reinsdorf. It's not going $110 million for a pitcher. He, he's not. He's he's not going to go do that. I mean, you've, you've seen some of the pitcher deals that have been made with this team. Um, I, I even go back to Chris Sale. Like, they're, they're just not going to go that far with pitchers. And there there's some rationale behind it, Steve, that – I don't know. I just, I don't want to get burned on it. We've seen it with Dallas Keuchel. We've seen it before with, you know, just different guys that you bring in. I even go back to sort of Jake Peavy, like bringing him in the, uh, the James Shields deal, like just getting these guys. Has any of them ever worked out outside of like 2005? No professor. They have not. But and that's, that's a lot of history to like. The, I mean, but the fact of the matter is, though, that's kind of just the cost of playing poker today. If yes. we're, if we're going to be completely honest. And 
this team is squarely within their contention window. So I saw a couple of tweets earlier from P. Knowles, um, kind of talking about the fact that people are upset about the Simeon deal because, okay, you know, it would probably look bad in years five through seven of the deal. But the Sox are squarely in that contention window now. There's really no sense in worrying about the Reisdorf family trust and what that's going to look like in 2027. And I happen to agree with him from that standpoint. I can agree with that too. I can agree with the fact that, yeah, some of this is going to come down to mortgaging some bad contracts down the road and trying to figure your way out of it when you get there, because tomorrow is never promised. And a lot of people like to talk about this, and I've seen this a number of different places. People saying that, well, you don't want to give out these large contracts because you don't want to end up in the same position that the Cubs are in right now. The fact of the matter is that if you look at the period from 2015 through 2019, where the Cubs had four playoff appearances, three league championship series appearances, and a World Series. That was the most successful period in the history of that franchise. If the White Sox were able to do that, that would be the most successful period in the history of their franchise. I will take that. If you tell me I'm going to get three league championship appearances and I'm going to get a fucking parade, sign me up. Well, I think some of that comes back to Steve is the fact that Rick Hahn has talked multiple times about, and you can, you can throw this in the moving goalposts category. Um, you can throw this in the, Hey, that's a smart decision category as well for, for various different reasons, but has talked about being able to make the playoffs multiple times and not sacrificing some of that stuff. So it's, it's almost been written to me that they're not going to go completely all in like that. And we, they would have, I mean, I sent you a, I sent you a, a tweet that uh, I forget who sent it, but uh, even the white Sox talk podcast with Chuck Garfine was predicting that they were going to sign at one point in time. I think this was back in like 2018 or 2017 the, the White Sox were going to sign both Nolan Arenado and Manny Machado. Of course, neither of those came to fruition, but those were listed as impact players to potentially be joining the White Sox. Like, we, we haven't seen anything at that level. The idea of a half a billion dollars going out of the Reinsdorf Family Trust is borderline comical to me if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I've said this on multiple occasions and his family members come after me every time I tweet something like this, but we all know that Jerry Reinsdorf is just trying to line his coffin with as many hundred dollar bills as he possibly can before that thing gets lowered into the ground. So signings like that just simply aren't going to be part of the equation. Now it's really hard to argue with you on this. Because there's been no real significant movement to say that that's not true at this point in time. However, I just had facts only. Facts only, but I, like I, I still want to believe at some point. Like I talk to Buzz a lot. Buzz is a good friend of mine, and he talks 
a lot about you know hope and things lining up with the stars and all. I, mean, I wish he was on this show. And, and the good, ju- it's all about the good juju. It's all about the good juju. I'm gonna text him. Where are you right now? <laughs> we need we need a little birch drink action. I'm gonna I'm texting him right now. I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try and get him on here because at least for five minutes before we close out this show, Ooh, some, some hot five minutes. I, I would, I would, Ooh, I would love I would love to see if we could get Buzz on here for like five minutes because I want to talk about how we fix this as as White Sox fans. We'll see if he responds to me. If not, we 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 won't get him on here because he'll probably text me back like you know probably like nine o'clock. It's 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 kid's bedtime, but um. I just I feel like there needs to be that moment for us. And will there be a parade the first time Jerry Reinsdorf spends over a hundred million dollars on a baseball player? Will will not, not not a parade because we're winning a championship, but a parade because it happened. Will you lead the parade, Steve? Will I lead the parade? No, I will not. Um I I think I would probably take a day, maybe two, off of crucifying him on Twitter.com. And then you'll you'll go right back to it. Yeah. You gotta stay on brand at all at all points. Hashtag extend Nagy. Well if you're gonna troll, troll hard, like you said before. I don't I don't have much else, Steve. I don't have much else. I have not gotten a response from Buzz. We'll see if we can fix this in the future. But do you have any other White Sox topics to talk about? I think we covered the gambit here this evening. It's we're getting down to the wire here. We got three days until the shutdown happens, and it's absolutely going to happen. So hopefully, we do see a little bit of movement. Hopefully, we do see the Craig Kimbrell trade happen. Um, it would be nice if we saw some sort of resolution to the right field situation, whether that's Michael Conforto or whether that is something else. Um, I think that if they go into the shutdown without making any move of consequence whatsoever, if Kendall Graveman is the only move that happens before this shutdown at 11.59 p.m. on Wednesday, have that Flaming Elmo gif ready, locked and loaded, baby, because, boy, White Sox Twitter, it's going to be be a a, fucking heater. It's uh, going to be a long December. (laughs) It's going to be a long Ah, summer and a long January. (laughs) He said he's putting his kids to bed. Uh, Sorry for the live action play-by-play of of what Buzz is doing, but I'm sure everybody's, you know, here for that. Um, I wanted to get you on Sacks on Tap. (laughs) We're just giving the viewers what they really want. You know, they, they need a Burt Drink update. They do. They really, they really do. But, you know, they, we, that might not happen for everybody. That might not happen. Um, it's always fun, Steve, uh, getting to talk White Sox baseball, have a few drinks. And, uh, you know, I miss I miss being at the ballpark at, at around this time of year, especially when you get into the post-Thanksgiving time, and it just feels like it's so far away. just feels like it's so far away. Uh, I don't think we're going to get buzzed. I don't think we're going to get him on here, unfortunately. That 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 breaks my heart. I, that's what I'm going to tell him. It breaks my heart that he can't he can't make it for at least five minutes. But Steve, I just I, I can't wait to get back to the ballpark and watch Kyle Schwarber hit home runs for the White Sox. I just can't wait to get back to the ballpark in general. 
you know, it's um, it's been what six weeks now since uh, the the elimination happened, and we've reached that point of the year where the days are getting a lot shorter. It's dark. It's bleak. You're struggling for a reason to get out of bed. You're drifting through life aimlessly. And without White Sox baseball, there is that crutch to help kind of guide us and lead us through our daily lives. It kind of just leaves you asking the question, what is it all for? What am I even doing here anymore? I don't know. Yeah, and then the White Sox Twitter account has to go and tweet like highlights from the Field of Dreams game and stuff. And you're like, man, I remember being there. And I remember thinking – they're going to win the world series after this. Like this yeah. is, you know, like stuff like that. It's just, it's so hard. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's like, and I see, I see that tweet at like, you know, two 30 in the morning. And I'm just like, man, that takes me back to, it was a simpler time. It was the best of times. Give me that injected into my veins. It was the best of times. And it was also the worst of times. for Carlos. Later Rodon. on. Oh boy. For, for Carlos Rodon at that very moment. It was also the worst of times. It'd be interesting to see where he winds up to Steve. I don't have much else. We've done a nice little hour of, of white Sox talk. Um, we had some hot takes. We had a couple two tree drinks. We got a little spicy, a little bit. Got a little spicy. We'll we'll be back. We'll do another one of these soon, I think. Um, be sure you're going to ONTAP Sportsnet for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Steve's got some pretty damn good articles out there. If you're a White Sox fan looking for White Sox content, um, I'll try and throw some stuff up there. You'll hear from Buzz. You'll hear from Johnny. You'll hear from all of us from Sox on Tap and on Tap Sportsnet. Um, if you're a Bears fan, uh, be sure Hashtag you're checking out. Maggie. Be sure you're checking out Bears on Tap. Um, you know, Steve is a huge contributor over there as well. Um, you know, just trying to keep Matt Nagy employed. Um, that's absolutely not true. But uh, if you follow him on Twitter, he absolutely is. Uh, Bulls fans, uh, our guy Buzz has been doing a ton of work over there with the uh, with the Bulls. I hear they're seeing red over there, and our guy Johnny is doing a ton of stuff over there with the Blackhawks. Uh, so be sure you're checking out all their work if you're a fan of those teams, uh, and be sure you're going to Vivid Seats for all of your ticket needs. Use code ONTAP for $10 off your purchase of $100 at Vivid Seats. Um, just you know, support the program here. Uh, if you're buying tickets to anything, uh, Steve, there's some wrestling events out there. There's concerts, whatever, whatever you're trying to go do uh, this winter. Uh, use code ONTAP for ten dollars off a hundred dollar purchase at Vivid Seats. Steve, I don't have anything else. Um, you got anything? I think we covered it all. I'm covered it say, all. I'm just gonna say right. one more time. Hashtag extend Nagy. Hashtag extend Nagy. Um, that's, that's what you're riding with. I'm, I'm going to go with sign Kyle Schwerber, bring Southside Ron home. That's why I'll, I'll go with, you know, I'll go with the Southside Ron thing. I, I'm so, I'm so happy that Jordan Miller, uh, threw that out there because it was perfect. Um, that's all I've got, Steve. White Sox forever. White Sox for life. <laughs>